0: Welcome to the Healthy Beast. Today's guest is Trent Scanlon. A few years ago he was a morbidly obese businessman, then he got cancer. Now he's fully recovered, he's jacked, and he's winning jujitsu jitsu tournaments all over the place. It's a really great story, but because he's also my friend, I do spend quite a lot of time trying very hard not to take the piss. Anyway, I hope I don't ruin it too much. So, Friend and training partner, yes, Trent Cannon.
1: welcome. Thank you, Richard. Good to have a on. Big man. fan. Listen to your podcast. Some uh, some really interesting guests there. My main fan base. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I think it's good. Anything that gets people thinking about health, nutrition, training, mindset there's, uh, there's a lot out there. You know, my history uh, with, with health. It's something that is quite near and dear to me yeah so i want to ask you about that so because now you're training how many hours a week yeah so brazilian jiu-jitsu i'm doing yeah uh, i'm doing probably five to seven hours brazilian jiu-jitsu and then i'll do Probably two or three hours of high intensity interval training, some body weight stuff, but that's going red line, you know, aerodyne bikes, rowing, sprinting and, and all the tough stuff. And then I'll do hot yoga twice a week and that's probably the hardest one. So ten plus hours a week? Yeah, yeah. More going up in a competition or, or if I haven't got a lot of work uh, that I need to travel with. Um, and then less when I'm injured. <laughs> which is and you won than, your like,
0: fight, I should say, because you'd be I'm sure you'd be too modest, you wouldn't be too modest. I've yeah. seen pictures everywhere.
1: No, yeah, I'm uh, I've got my go. fourth national jiu jitsu title uh, on the weekend, Richard. So thank no, you no, for bringing it up. No holding him back, no, no, you've, no. Been,
0: you've been doing well, you're a beast, you're in good shape now. But yep.
1: mm-hmm.
0: I, I've been asking you to see a picture, but I hear one uh, at one time you were quite um, yeah. Um, not, not in quite such good shape. Oh, I'm miming a big... Larger Larger gentleman. gentleman. Yes,
1: yes. I, I I, had that. I, I never knew about nutrition, and, and I grew up active on the Australian beaches. So I was a surfer uh, from the age of five till... I went away for university at 18. I played rugby league. I was active. You know, you you, you grow up in Australia on the coast and that's just what you do. You surf, you play rugby league, and you kick the ball around all the time. So I'd always had an active lifestyle. Then I moved to the UK after university. Don't and, uh, blame us for this one. No. Well, okay. there's a the, the Australians call it the Heathrow injection. Uh, so your first year in the UK, you have your first winter, and of course we don't feel uh, cold like that, and we don't dress appropriately, so it's it's maximised, and then we just eat anything that our bodies tell us they need which is usually your bacon rolls or batties or whatever you call them and and you eat those by the uh by the by the kilo of the stone butty, butties butties so, yeah there we go bacon butties um butties and so like, yeah. yeah i put on weight and then i i got caught in the corporate lifestyle where i was traveling the world with a, with a big company and, and and i got swept up in that focus working Crazy hours, but really passionate about it. So then you're in high-end restaurants and drinking booze every night, and 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 just generally not have you don't have time for physical exercise. So of course my body responded like all bodies, and it started storing fat and and then you know I just became too tired to train and then I had a little cycle for three or four years where I had got fat and and that was something for the first time in my life but I was focused on my career so I I sort of just dealt with it with the um being a bit fat
0: did you have a moment of realization did you catch yourself in a
1: yeah it was actually It was a good one. It was with the Nintendo Wii. So if we all remember when the Nintendo Wii's come out and everyone was throwing these tennis sons, they they came out with a Wii Fit and it was this little, this little stabilizing thing where you can do skiing on it and you'd move to left and right and that was good. And then they had this thing on the Wii Fit where it said, okay, we'll run run your health thing to, uh, to, to go through and analyze your, your body fat. And I got onto this thing and put in my height and did it all honestly, and it said I was morbidly obese. <laughs> and I thought that was a little harsh uh, <laughs> they could have broken it to you more gently they, they? they could have had it pulled me aside um, little I mean, we, we, is
0: everything okay sir are we eating well you <laughs> know they didn't just have to no
1: they didn't know I was big boned and
0: I had a thyroid issue you're probably uh, thinking I'm quite strong There's a lot of that's muscle exactly. or
1: did you not yeah, well, you, you just ignore Alert the morbidly. Yeah, you ignore the the increase in suit sizes and 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 the new belt needs, so and you trousers, just write that off these because trousers have you, shrunk. Oh, just a, just a touch. But it, you know, career was everything at that stage, so I was fully focused on that, and that career was going really well. So that was how I was getting my my sort of uh, I suppose um, that was how I was clearly seeing my life was a success rather than the health. So what weight do you fight at now? So I fought 85 kilos uh, on the weekend. Did you have to get down to 85? Oh, I wonder. yeah. Yeah, oh, I sort of bigger. go up to about 87, 88, 89, it um, depends. So sort of 13 and a half stone in old money. What, um, at your biggest, what were you? in 104 so it was about 20 kilos more so that's 44 pounds and you could do the math yeah, with pebbles yeah, several stones right yeah so it was it was it was big and when i look back at it it's embarrassing as, as everyone has that but it's a reminder that if i eat the wrong foods at the wrong time and i don't train that's coming back so that's a good motivator and being sort of, being big in fat wasn't wasn't your worst health no, so funnily enough, when I decided to get in shape, I, I got into martial arts and and i boxed a bit at uni, so I'd always had that comfort around those gyms, and then I started MMA. So I started kickboxing and and jiu jitsu and 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 putting it all together with MMA, and and I lost a lot of the weight pretty quickly. Um, and was then, it just from this morbidly obese moment that you thought yeah, you decided right? Yeah, and, and you know that that was a big kick for me, and that that sort of allowed me to. be humble and 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 say I was going to pay the price and 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 get in shape and and I see that now having owned a gym people had turned the corner they come in they know it's going to be a tough three weeks to to get it going and 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 I knew that it would be Um, and then after a year of that I was in shape I got the weight down and then I had a persistent back issue and and I thought it was a um, an an issue with a disc from jiu-jitsu and and I specifically was in Vegas watching a UFC and I rolled in Randy Couture's gym and, and there was this big policeman that uh, that I was rolling with and he stacked me pretty, pretty bad and, and so I had a sore back from that and, and I thought that was a permanent issue and it just kept lingering, it just didn't go away. So after I, I was flying around at that stage, I was working for this company, I was doing a bit of work in the Nordics and I was still based in Australia at that stage and then after It must have been two or three months that this pain was getting worse Uh, so I went and seen my my GP and and thought I'd have to get an MRI I've got to deal with this disc issue. Um, He then sent me for an MRI and and, and that's when uh, the fun and games began. Uh, So for me I was I thought in good health compared to the first uh, the the few years preceding that. Um, But after I was in the MRI machine and then the guy pulled me out after about 30 minutes and he said oh look i've just got to put this injection this this trace in here just so we can get a better picture and i said yeah no problem he injected something in me went back in and just that second little MRI scan. I'm thinking in my head right why would he do that he didn't say he was going to do that so then the brain starts thinking yeah, why anyway. he left the room nervously yeah why <laughs> but the, the story is is is, is quite interesting because then you you nat- naturally think ah oh, I've got something something bad here so he pulls me out of the machine and he says oh, okay yep yeah, we've, we've got all this um, we're going to give you a disc uh, and we suggest you go to your GP I went, oh, okay, so how long does it take, it was it a week or something, he goes, oh no, no, um, we're calling him now, so we, we suggest you go now, and of course, then your alarm bells, it's cancer, I got cancer, and, and it was a 15 minute drive to the GP, I just sort of drove there and, and it was a really weird sort of surreal almost little background music in, uh, into that drive to the GP's office. Um, I get in there and and you know it's my local GP I sort of half know the the, the nurses and a few but as soon as I walked in uh, they sort of see me and say okay yeah he's ready for you and they just whisk me straight in the oh, room no you don't want them waiting for you no well everyone That's, likes good service yeah. Richard but not not in this time because I'm thinking around right. oh he's here no so he he comes in and sort of says oh look yeah uh, the MRI found a tumor and uh, you know I just want to go through and, and, uh, and understand what, what it is and because and I'm quite fair skinned and we're in Australia he, he sort of really looked me over for melanoma and, and, and I was sort of saying to him my back sore and he said yeah look we, we, we hope it's fine but if it's anything the, anything on the spine is usually a secondary so we, we look for a primary but you know we'll, we'll get you checked out. So he went through and did all the screening and, and, and asked me various questions you know had I lost weight recently and, and you know it had been a year ago but at that stage no and, and asked how was, how was I eating and, and I, my, I was eating a lot and then how's my strength and I just told him I'd just done a personal best in deadlift You know, two days before so there, there was no real symptoms. Um, and so anyway, after evaluating it all, he got the, 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 the images sent through and then said, look, you've, you've got a tumour, a golf ball size uh, on the base of your spine, so S1 and, and sacrum for all the, the medical people listening, and he goes, that's, that's an unusual, what it's representing is unusual, so we've got to get you into the hospital now. Where it is is a bit of a tough spot. So I was like, oh, look, I can't, man, I've got businesses and I've my third one is just uh, opening and I've, I've got so much to do. And, and he just looked me straight in the eye and goes, oh, this is not a choice. And it was a, it was a good little exchange because I was still in a, in a good headspace. And, and I said, okay, I went home, packed some stuff, uh, went into the hospital. They, they all knew why I was there and they, they put me in a cancer ward. So this is all... Within a three-hour window, so I wow. woke up that morning thinking I had a lot of things to do, and I'd just get this quick MRI, and and now I'm 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 in a hospital ward with a bunch of ca- bunch of uh, cancer patients. So it was certainly a lot to take in, um, but like anything, you just sort of try to understand what's going on. You get the iPad out, start researching things, and and you know when the doctors came and, and did their rounds uh, they, they went through all the usual symptoms of which I had none other than this back pain and I had the, the first doctor say look I'm sure you're going to be fine you know I think it's probably just a benign tumour I'm not, not sure what it could be but you know you'll be alright so I didn't think I had cancer and uh, and then that they, they, that night uh, went into the next day and a new round of doctors came in and they checking the charts and asking me the same questions and it got to the third day and I've got friends in the medical community so I was, I was chatting to them and uh, and they sort of analysed a bit, my, uh, half of my family are doctors as well so I was, I was keeping them informed and then it turns out that one, the, the, the main uh, guy come down from, from Sydney, I was in a place called Wollongong just an hour south, he came down to do his rounds and, and they were all waiting on him and that's when it sort of became a little bit more apparent. And, and what he sort of said is, look, we, we think it's a tumor. We normally go in and biopsy them. So we'll put a needle in, we'll pull it out, and we'll put it to the lab and we'll know what it is. Um, but we think it might be sarcoma that you've got. And that one we don't biopsy because as soon as we put a pinprick in it, that spreads through the trace of where the needle went and then this will go everywhere. And of course then I'm like, okay, yeah, cool doc, do whatever you want. And then I started Googling sarcoma and that was uh, a problem because it was only, you know, that, that is a, a real tough uh, type of cancer and it's only operable, you know, there, there's no other way of killing it. And then I'm, I'm reminding myself this is on the base of my spine. So you know, it was, it was, a, it was a tough time uh, emotionally and, and with my friends and family, we, we, we got through it. But the biggest thing I always kept thinking is, oh, you know, you go in for a surgery for removing a cancer and then you come out in a wheelchair, you know, that, that was a real real thing for, for two weeks uh, because they, they didn't want to biopsy this for two weeks. So I, I was in a, in a hospital of which they did different tests every day. So I had every different test rather than putting a, a needle into this, into this uh, tumour. So. You know, my mindset was good at the time because uh, you just got to get this done, and I, I had great doctors around me, so that was a, 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 where I was seeking my soul ace, so to speak.
0: So, for those two weeks
1: where you d- you don't
0: you know what's happening, how are you feeling physically? Obviously, you're really worried, but you, you.
1: Yeah, well, the wonders of modern hospital uh, environment now. I had my own room, I had Wi Fi, so I, I just sort of. I, th- there was part of me that went, oh, okay, look. I just now need to focus on one thing, I just need to do what these guys tell me every day. And I was reading a lot and I just got a little bit of my life back, a little bit of clarity. Are uh, you feeling physically? Oh I'm fine, following. the only issue was is pain. Um, so the, the especially the, the first couple of days of just being not active, you know I wasn't kickboxing, I wasn't doing anything, it, the pain got worse and the tumour was growing of, of course, but. Then I was on these painkillers Endone uh, which is a you know an opiate based one and every three hours I'd have to have that because then the pain would come back and then a doctor come around and said look we'll just give you Oxycontin. And of course, Ooh. yeah, well, I, I just- i heard they're fun. Yeah, well, I heard they were an issue. So I was, Kevin, no, I oh, didn't want to. No. I said no oh. for, for about a week. And then she, I had to, the, the three hours become two hours because this thing was growing. So she come around and said, look, Oxycon it's the same stuff. It's just it's a lovely. release. Have you just some. have one of this uh, twice a day and, and, and all that. So I, I ended up relenting and having that. And you know, then the pain went away. So I didn't feel pain. And I never felt a high or, or any any kick from the drug, but yeah. So I was reading a lot about cancer. Uh, Lance Armstrong's book. This was before it came out that he had PEDs, and you know, everyone knows the cyclists are uh, are doing that. Um, but his book was really good, and and I recommend it to everyone if they have a cancer scare or or know someone that does, because he went deep and, and and it was a really interesting one. So I just got all that going and then one day they came around in, in the wards and they said look we've done every test, we, we're now today we're going to biopsy it. So you now they put me under, they, they'd biopsy it and then two days later my, my uh, doctor that I was under the care called me up and said look we've got good news and bad news. Which one do you want? And I and I just sort of laughed because I'm like, do people do this in real life? Just <laughs> doctors. Yeah, but th- <laughs> we we got a rapport. He, he knew knew what I was like a little bit, and he said, "Look, the bad news is you got cancer. <laughs> the good news is it's the one you want, which is lymphoma." Yeah. And I, I said, well, "The one I want." You know, I'm not sure that's the case, but this one's comes with chemo, doesn't it? He goes, well, "Yeah, just but to make no." It clear operation. we're
0: in Australia at this point. We are. And You people are different, right? Yeah, we are. We. That's the way you break.
1: Cancer news, and and I'm sure he doesn't do it to everyone. But we we had a bit of banter, and and I think he knew what what best way to 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 present it to me. But the the whole thing was so you've uh, got cancer, so I'm being said you've yep. got cancer, but it's, wonder- it's lymphoma. It's a blood cancer, and so what what it does is then I need chemotherapy and radiation. So the good news, as he was hinting, is I didn't need an operation on the most delicate part of the spine. So got you be know, good a news. little hallelujah. I got no wheelchair. But the, the downside is I got cancer, so I then started uh, chemotherapy and, and radiation, and I had about nine months worth of treatment on that, and that that itself was uh, something again I had to get the mental fortitude to take that on. I started researching uh, chemotherapy, and and then and and the help with the doctor friend of mine. Uh, I went through that process, and that that again led me to another little tangent that life has, uh, has put me on which is where I started looking at medical marijuana, where I started looking at the hemp plant and CBD and, and, and looking at all the natural alternatives whilst going through chemotherapy. So you, did you reject the, when you're doing chemo, chemo is painful right? Well yeah they're, they're all different um, so I had what's called RCHOP which is one of the oldest uh, forms of, of chemo yeah RCHOP so it's that's basically the 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 name of the 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 drugs and and the cycle so every three weeks I would go into um, a place so I was an outpatient then I could go home so I was was staying at home and every three weeks I'd go in they would hook me up uh, with an, an IV and then for about seven eight hours they'd come and just put different drugs into that IV and you know I'd be surrounded by older people that are going through different transfusions but I'd bring the iPad, the laptop and you know I I'd just make it work for seven, eight hours. And, and there's some mental stuff in that chemo that's tough. The, the first cycle was the hardest in terms of my body's physical reaction to it. I felt all right at the time. there's a few things where you'd have a nurse come in with a big package and she'd put thick gloves on and a mask and then she'd pull out this what the, the, this sort of um, chemical hook it up and then mainline it into my own vein and then you do the math going she's worried about touching this plastic (laughs) and breathing that in and then mainlining that into my arm and then they'd just go down like you don't want any of that near your skin yeah exactly you know it's not worried about putting gloves on me in case it's absorbed uh, through my skin this is mainline so this horrific the main... chemical being yeah and that, that one was a tough one because it would shoot through and it'd be ice cold so you'd feel it sort of go go through so that that was a, a tough one but uh, you know it is what it is and so my whole mindset was all I need to do is tell, do what the doctors say and so that first session was a tough one. So after those hours I went home, I've got so many different stacks of drugs. You've got an anti nausea set, then you've got something to offset their side effects. Then you've got sleeping tablets, something to offset that. I still have the OxyContin because I'm still in pain. And I've I've got a, a big Tupperware container full of pharmaceutical drugs. So I, I took them all uh, as according to the plan and I tripped a little bit that, that, uh, that session. I hallucinated a little bit, had a bit of a tough time after that first session. Uh, and that's probably the best way to describe chemo is, is it's like the bad hangover then. So I'd have it on a, on a Wednesday and then the you know, Wednesday night be messy, Thursday is just that worst hangover you've ever had, Friday it's there but getting a little bit better, by Saturday I'm, I'm coming out of the hangover. So that that's sort of a, a better way for most people to understand it. Um, but then the second cycle was interesting so I had a few weeks in between and then I'd, I'd understood it a little bit more I researched cancer I seen there was a lot about uh, medical marijuana there was there was a lot about CBD so I started buying that. I, CBD is illegal in Australia so I got it from the US uh, out of Colorado and I started taking that and that helped me sleep it also helped me relax a little bit more. So this is CBD so
0: cannabis oil the, the non-psychoactive and it was you were in australia at the time and it was illegal illegal yeah so you had to just buy it off the internet off
1: the internet and and that was something that was quite interesting because then i went in and 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 spoke with my haematologist uh and sort of told him look i'm on the cbd and i'm I'm looking at all the medical marijuana what are your thoughts and it was interesting because he said look we get a lot of patients that, that report a lot of benefits here but it's illegal so i can't prescribe it I can't really tell you much about it but I can sort of say that you know if you ask questions I can answer them and it was interesting because then I felt okay right this doctor sort of believes there's something here but you know ethically and legally he can't so I sort of said to him so do you think this is going to be something that will uh, ultimately be accepted by the medical community and he said look without a doubt one day the truth will come out and he said that as he turned away and it's something clicked in my head and I was like okay I, I want to be a part of this and you know I, I fast forward a couple of years I've started a, a company called Truth Naturals I, I sell CBD that I get from the original supplier that I used it through chemotherapy and, and I've been able to really stay on top of that industry and, and it's a hot topic in the UK. It's it's the regulations are tough, and and everyone's awareness is tough, and you know we can't share testimonials, we can't really share a lot of the benefits people are getting. Um, so yeah, that that's an industry that uh, that that I sort of got into, and I made that decision that day, uh, speaking with that doctor about my experience. It's a weird, it is a weird situation at the moment because I've
0: used CBD a lot and it's helped me because. I mean i like you, took a lot of pharmaceuticals and found ultimately that they they take more than they give, you know that they yeah. that they're more damaging to you than they help. I think they are very good in your you know you have an operation or something, you need some help for a quick bit. fix but, quick but fix, even, thing, right even then the, the the danger with that is that you know you you keep taking them hmm. you know and
1: and also I'm not sure how well they do work, yeah. you know. Well, I'm not a conspiracy guy against pharmaceuticals. I think they've done a lot of uh, help for advancing human, um, I suppose, lifespans and, and all that. The pharmaceutical companies have, have done some amazing breakthroughs and some incredible things. I also, I'm a businessman. I understand they need to make money and the pipeline costs and the, and, and the cost of bringing a drug to market is, is extremely high. So they need, that. We, we need them. They, they serve as a role. I think there's been a lot of issues around chronic abuse and, and, and people that use things that are designed for short-term use and they do it prolonged. And, and painkillers are something that we, we see in, in, in martial arts, we see in high-level athletes to, to, to try to recover. And, and, and so then the CBD part of it has, has really been able to come in and improve that. But of course I'm biased, I, I'm selling it. You know, I make no, no illusions over that
0: opioids is quite clearly a massive problem but i think m- maybe see really the biggest benefit may be people not having to take ibuprofen so much sure. Cause in the sports yep. in the sports realm because from talking to people that train and have ongoing training injuries and soreness some of them are taking shed loads yeah. of ibuprofen i was yeah for a while you know thinking it's it's, it's cheap. It's so like, the,
1: it's, if you buy the own brand stuff it's pennies it's incredible yeah and the other thing is it works you know you feel it and and if you're going to have a, if you fall over down a flight of stairs and you've twisted your ankle or your knee go on ibuprofen for a couple of days you know because it's good for those instant trauma swelling and, and, and things like that the issue is the constant use of them I mean, we know there's extensive research done on them and in the US then the the opioid epidemic that's creeping into Britain that's a problem as well but what I sort of see it's it is cheap and so for a lot of people they just need a little quick fix something's not right um, whereas CBD is expensive yeah. and, and we've been working hard to try to lower the cost but the reality is the best suppliers in the world can't keep up with demand and we've got an industry here that's sort of in between regulations so the, the amount of money it costs to be compliant and the the lack of being able to market the product means you've got a very high-cost business so CBD is more expensive than ibuprofen and a lot of the times people doubt whether it works and and, and, and I share those doubts and I, and I have shared those doubts in analyzing all the research understanding um, what I use it for and, and, and yourself and, and you and I have talked extensively about it but more importantly the big thing is the placebo we, you know, I get a lot of questions on this from customers and and, and I believe in placebo, well, I think it is clinically proven um, but one of the biggest things with placebo with CBD is, is it's been having an incredible uh, use over in the U.S. with veterinary science and, and they've been giving CBD to animals and, and the dog doesn't know you've just given it CBD. <laughs> this thing used oh, to run seen, around.
0: Ever since I started uh, that CBD. exactly.
1: Oh. So that's the thing with, with placebo, and, and a lot of the times, then when you look at the effect on animals, and they're visible, they're all over YouTube. You know, we, we we're not allowed as a business to reference or link. In the UK, we're not allowed to uh, market to uh, animals because the the veterinary medical council. Uh, uh, there's, there's a strict regulation, so we've got to follow all those regulations. We can't. I can't share the thousands of stories I hear or or see or or, or anything Um, so I, I certainly don't want to go down that route but it's it's something where we know this plant has benefits we also know it's got a checkered history because it's been lumped in with you know marijuana it's it's cousin that that gets people high and so I think what what the UK are doing at the moment is is they're just struggling in between the regulations to be able to take CBD out and see that it's safe and it doesn't have um, a psychotropic issue or it doesn't have anything that that is going to adversely affect everyone. And I think once that becomes the case, then, then we're all clear. Medical marijuana is a different story. You know, I, I, I see that in the US. I, I've, I've followed this industry extensively since my cancer. And, and it's interesting the way it's all going. And I've got my, my personal views. And, and I also, I think, you know, governments are here to help us and, and try to protect us. I, I don't have a conspiratorial view on the UK regulations. I think the Home Office, the MHRA are trying to keep us safe. Uh, the issue is regulations and and legislation move very slowly in in, in, in this country, and so that's what's happening. So you're talking about legalizing
0: um, marijuana, full fat marijuana but with just for medical
1: use. Well, I, I think. Or full legalization. You, cause you have doctors on. I think it's a question for them because they're, they're, they're better qualified than me. I, I don't think in 10 years there's an issue around medical marijuana for multiple sclerosis, for Alzheimer's, for cancer. I, I think it's going to be as wide, widely used as some of the other drugs. Where you go recreational and, and in the U.S., there's all this glaucoma and poor sleep. And, you know, I, I think that might have been a bit too far to the left. But, you know, I I look at it and say I'm a man of free will. I I like to sort of think that um, what I put inside my body, I should ultimately uh, be accountable for and be in charge of. But I also think a government's role is to ensure that anything for sale is safe uh, for people and, and, and anyone that uh, abuses that safety is, is held accountable and we're seeing that in the US with you know high-level lawsuits against the, the maker, makers of OxyContin and a lot of these pharmaceutical ones now are in a big trouble over there.
0: It's, a, it, it's It always strikes me as an amazingly weird situation where you know you can you can get cbd but you've got to pay for it marijuana itself illegal but it's so easy to get it's so easy to get um opioids yeah you know because i was taking them for a while i don't even know you don't even need to go and see your doctor Mm. you can just you can get them on people get them on repeat prescriptions those people you see at the gp just picking up a piece of paper i think they have probably have people that deliver them now
1: yeah if you yeah, want. there's online pharmacies that, that are developing, you, you, you're right and, and we understand they've got a toxic load as well. So ibuprofen, Panadol's got a toxic load and what that means is there's, a, there's a, a an amount a human can take that can kill them. So CBD doesn't have a toxic load, there is, it's impossible to overdose on, on CBD. Medical marijuana doesn't have a toxic load, there's been never a reported death from marijuana. Alcohol has a massive toxic load. There's so many deaths, there's so much uh, money spent and there's so many um, hospital admissions and and dramatic uh, community costs associated with alcohol. And not only is that everywhere in in, in the UK, it's a huge part of the culture. And I'm swept up in it as well. I meet with some friends, we have some drinks, but I don't drink as much as I used to and, and, and certainly you know, since the the chemotherapy, that that's what switched me off. I had nine months of no alcohol, and I'd never slept better. <laughs> and I was going through cancer treatment, so it was a really weird time uh, for me to understand the effects of alcohol. And uh, and I, I I'm not a teetotaler. I I still like a bit of wine with dinner and celebrate with some friends. But I know the cost. I know the cost.
0: I think. I mean, the, the way that links into the medication for me is that when you see someone who's Deep into opioid addiction, that becomes the only thing in their life, and the pain they took it for is forgotten. Sure. You look at the other end of the scale, you talk about a thing to fix pain, but what you really need is all the things in your life, right? Sure. You got to get all the, you got to get everything right. Oh,
1: totally. And how hard is that? You know, the average person. I was in that rat race. You're just focusing on one or two things, whether it be pursuit of money, keeping a relationship together, handling the kids. Or trying to get yourself out of a bad hole, and, and trying and to keep yourself sane in the middle of it all. Exactly, well. and, and none of us think we're doing well. We, we all, a lot of the times, think we're faking it, and 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 a lot of the times, we're all struggling. But we're switching to one or two things that are working well, and we we're, we're getting somewhat of self worth out of that. For me, I made that switch change. It was corporate career, and now I've looked at doing businesses that are involving my passion, so I've started a martial arts gym, I've started these uh, nutrition based, plant based nutrition companies, so Truth Naturals that we've got the CBD and and Truth Origins that we've got the vitamins, and so I'm now putting all of my time and energy into things that I feel good about, I feel passionate about there's a cost to that you know i could earn more money going flying around the world what i was doing previously for for a large corporate being the fat, being the fat businessman i could be the fat businessman again yeah definitely and and there's a certain appeal to it i don't oh, know yeah yeah, yeah. Well, booze you know, in, bad the... food tastes good there's no there's no doubt um but it's also the ego and and, and i've been able to address that and jujitsu helps helps with that oh, great for the ego yep yeah. Getting someone that looks like you should be able to handle them and they tie you into a knot. And uh, and that that happens on a weekly basis. So it's interesting.
0: Even yoga, good for the ego. I mean not that it's the same. It's not the same that you're not getting kind of beaten up by other people, but you it sort of breaks you down. You go to a really if you go to a hard class, it kind of breaks down all the nonsense that's going through
1: your head and you're getting the heat shock proteins from the temperature. Nick, Nick uh from Jiu-Jitsu Brotherhood, he, he said a quote which was incredible, and, and he, he, he put it all online, but it was basically, yoga is a martial arts you do against yourself. And that's, that's a very true, a true reflection of what it is for me, because it's a battle, every class. Uh, but when I leave there, it's incredible. I feel amazing. You're probably too Australian to admit this,
0: but do you get a little bit tearful in the classes? Was it just me? No. Everyone does, Trent.
1: Yeah, well, I, I haven't felt teary. I, I get to a, I go to some dark places where I'm dealing with my heart rate and trying to sort of get the balance right, but, you know, I, I'm dealing with a lot of pain as well, so, you know, injuries and trying to stretch things out, so, you know, I don't cry, Richard, I see you in the corner over there with your <laughs> tissues, but, you know, we turn <laughs> a blind eye, oh, yoga's about yoga's acceptance, <laughs> my friend. That's okay, that's okay.
0: I think maybe you're not going deep enough no
1: may, maybe not but no, no but I haven't is, had
0: tears It's apparently it's quite common it's not just me you don't try and make it because you, okay. you get deep into this point of pain yeah right you find these pains that you maybe didn't know you had and you get this kind of release it's not quite sobbing but you get this kind of rush of emotion
1: yeah I I, I, I I have endorphins that, that kick in afterwards during it for me it's just getting through the next pose and I'm, mm. I'm, I'm my breath and, and that's what it's really taught me the power of breath and you know I've looked at Wim Hof and, and a few things on the bas- back of that the gas exchange understanding what's going because I, I suppose what the cancer did for me more than anything is it, it, it made me understand more about human health and, and high performance but also some of these areas that I'd never done before which was stretching and breathing and, and, and all of that. Uh, and and now competing in martial arts and training at, at that at the extent that, that I do, I'm, I'm long suffering a lot of the times. Um, so it does allow me to understand that better. Luckily I, I got C B D when I'm when I'm struggling a little bit more in terms of pain and recovery and, and, and we've been able to use their natural products, so just plant based things that don't have a toxic load, or they don't have an addiction and and, and that allows me to think I've got supplementation covered, but then the foods you eat uh, can can obviously in, in, enhance or or uh, or, or decrease uh, inflammation. So there, there's a lot of good stuff out there, and and even podcasts the likes of yourself and, and the guests you're getting on, just trying to get access to knowledge is a big part. Because you know if if someone listened to this today and they've just just been diagnosed with cancer, well, hopefully they take a few of the positives from my journey and they add to it and, and then they pass that on as well because one one of the things with cancer Richard I'm not sure if you know but there's this little thing when you when you when you actually get into remission so Back to my own story. Back, back to my favourite subject, which is myself. Right, well, you know, don't no worry. Why not? <laughs> but when, anyway, I had six six cycles of the chemotherapy. I, I got better at it, so I could understand it more. Then I had twenty shots of radiation, and that that itself is it's a relatively easy treatment. But you've got to sign a a uh, disclaimer that I made the mistake of reading and what it basically said is this radiation can give you cancer <laughs> uh, just sign down here to make sure you're okay with it and, and after going through all of that um, I did an intrathecal uh, intrathecal sort of chemo which was probably the worst one I won't go into detail on that but once I finished all those I had another MRI uh, where they, they put some radioactivity uh, substance in with glucose and so they they shoot me up with that and I'm sitting in a chair for 45 minutes, I can't read, I can't do anything. They say they don't want any muscle movement because they wanna see what is going to draw the, the glucose. So if you do have still cancer cells or a tumor, it is growing rapidly and it pulls the 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 glucose so they put the radioactivity so the MRI picks it up so if you're even holding a book there's a little bit of bicep work there and and then that might pull glucose and and distract them so anyway I'm sitting in this chair for 45 minutes just thinking I hope it's gone I go in get the uh, get the 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 MRI I come back out and then two days later they call me and say your tumour's gone that day is when I said right okay I'm now getting off the OxyContin because I've been taking this slow release. And you know, people talk about withdrawals. I, I certainly had something. Um, you know, I felt a little irritable. I struggled to sleep a little bit. But you know, I, I was taking then this a lot of CBD to, to to get through that. And then I sort of broke through the other end of that. And, and that was something that was that was quite strong with. Um, but again, you know, the the big the big takeaways from it all is you know, us humans are quite resilient we can tackle any task and i think everyone handles things a little differently myself i went inward and and got a lot of friends outwardly but i really focused on the task at hand which for me was how do i how do i change my life how do i let cancer save my life and and that's something that that i've always sort of thought has happened
0: i think a lot bit is about
1: honesty right you've got to look at it and think
0: are the choices i'm making are they killing me or making me healthier and live longer sure you know, I watched this um, this family. Um, I, was, I was eating, and they were sitting at a table outside. And there were three generations: as grandma, two her two daughters, and a little baby. And their the grandma's continually smoking. And I'm sort of thinking, well, you know, I don't want to tell you how to live your life, but what you're doing with smoking, you're saying this is more important to me than being alive when the baby mm. grows up. Honestly, that is what you're doing with cigarettes. Because there's, you know, there's a small amount of pleasure, but you're, you're you're deciding that that pleasure is is worth it. Yeah. So if you have a health scare where your life is in danger, you then have to look at your life as okay, what what things am I doing that enhance my life? Mm. Are they are they helping other people? Are they helping my family? Are They helping me look after my family. Are they going to make me be as healthy and happy and live as long as I can? Because mm. you can't account for what things that can happen, but you have to do what you can do. Yeah, it's exactly right.
1: right. And, and you know, that that grandmother that was smoking, well, she was raised in a time where smoking wasn't as uh, obviously harmful a, a, as it is now. So she's had this belief. This is like a lot of people now with carbohydrate. Well, yeah, yeah I mean, yes and no. I mean, this
0: woman was probably 50, late 50s, 60s, early right? 60s okay. say and they knew but it's like things it's it's there's knowing and not knowing people Mm. pretend for a long time and i think that's that's my main issue with health now Mm -hmm. is that we allow we allow it to allow things we know that are not right to sort of oh yeah well don't worry about that so you know Mm. people people that are overweight they'll go to the doctor this michael mosey said this people people go to the doctor and the doctor won't mention the fact that they're obese yeah and this was a telling one for me yeah you know, you're, they're they're going on. Oh, my knee hurts, and mm-hmm. they're or whatever it is they're addressing various issues. But there's one glaring health issue, and sure. I think how you address it with people is very difficult because you you don't want to ever be cruel to anyone.
1: Well, of course, but
0: but but pretending things are okay, pretending it's okay to feed a child cereal and bread and not yeah. much else it's yeah. not okay
1: leaders of of juice which is just the scenario yeah
0: all these bad things like yeah exactly these kids juices everywhere you go yeah it's, this is these are bad things for them sure. and we kind
1: of allow it uh, yeah but you know yeah. it's not the worst thing yeah no you you're completely right i think that the really interesting thing with that is is that where are we headed you, you talked about the gp and 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 they're not part of the conspiracy, these are good people trying to help people. The issue is they might have an average of six or seven minutes for a patient and that obese person came in because they need an MRI on their knee. You know the GP can't somehow squeeze in a little mention of the obesity within that seven minutes and deal with the symptom because it's probably a delicate subject I think it leads back to the, the the greater point that we're all forced to confront our health and our habits at some stage in our life and I see this now we talk about passion businesses I started a martial arts gym and if you want to get rich don't do one of those you know that we, we we get a lot of benefits from that um, but they're tough businesses to run but the biggest thing we get is the transformations we have people come in they said look my doctors told me if I want to be at next year's checkup I've got to change something I love watching the UFC I, I want to learn jiu-jitsu I'm out of shape I'm in trouble and the beauty of that if you can get them through the first couple of weeks, the beauty of that, is the transformation stories are incredible. We've got people that were diabetic that are not diabetic anymore just because of the physical activity they've been able to do and then chat with the guys around the gym about nutrition and then all of a sudden they've totally fixed their lives. And it's not one single point and I think everyone wants to be physically fit and active and in shape and look good. I, I truly believe everyone wants that but they feel the cost is too much or they haven't met that time where they've got to confront it Everyone's got
0: a reason why they can't do it, that's the thing Sure, They've always got a reason they can't do it but with kids, I've said this to loads of parents at my kids' school I think there's pretty much any problem a kid's having at school the answer would be take them to Jiu Jitsu Mm
1: Kickboxing, whatever, yep. it, it'll change the life of the child. Discipline, it's progression, it's reward for for constant training. It, it it's incredible. Well, for for adults too.
0: Sure. You know, everyone says, "Oh, I've had loads of people." And they say, "Oh, my, I'm, maybe I'm a bit old, or I've mm-hmm. got this knee," or and I say, "Everyone's got something." Yeah.
1: Yeah, I was, I was listening to a podcast, one of Joe Rogan's one, where Russell Brand was on talking about jujitsu, and I wish I started earlier. And 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 Joe's response was exactly right, which is going you know, just be happy you found it and that's yeah you have to be yeah well i had i had that moment when i
0: started uh, um training properly again with tommy Mm -hmm. our head instructor and i asked him when he started training and we started at the same time yeah And i quit yeah exactly (laughs) so it's like exactly and i could i could beat myself up about that yeah but you know it just just is what it is you got exactly got to be glad for what you've done and russell brand's great ambassador for it because as he says he's It's
1: totally against totally different from the life he's lived. He's oh, not that yeah. kind of guy, you know. And no one gets an easy run on those mats. No matter if you're a celebrity or if you're, a, you know, the richest man in the world, you tap those hands, I'm going to try to pass your guard, I'm going to try to get in a full mount and I'm going to try to tap you out. And I'm going to do it and we're going to shake hands afterwards and you're going to do the exact same thing to me. Regardless of the income you have, the status you have, that that mat is a great leveler. And and I think that's why the community is so strong because if you can continue to train in something that is so difficult that requires such resilience and such I think determination of turning up when you know it's going to be tough, that attracts a certain level of people that are just magnetic to be around and that's what I've seen having a business in that area. It's a great place. Well. We should go and train really shouldn't we i think we it's time for this i think we've been distracting uh, ourselves enough it's time to, to to get done so thanks for the, having me on and, and and allowing me to share some of the things i've learnt. thanks a lot well Trent trent scanlon so if people want to know about the cbd they can go to yeah we've got Truth Naturals is the name of the CBD brand so we've uh, really trying to uh, promote that in, in difficult circumstances in the UK, it's tough regulatory uh, we've got Truth Origins which is a plant-based nutrition company as well uh, Richmond Fitness Club is our uh, MMA gym and jiu-jitsu gym for anyone that wants to try that out And uh, yeah, anything else uh, hit me up? I might have known you'd give it a really long plug <laughs> it's late. Yeah,
0: sorry mate night. Thank you. Sorry, thank you. Thanks again to Trent Scanlon. Just in case he didn't plug like his products in enough, you can find out more about CBD at truthnaturals.co.uk and vitamins at truthorigins.co.uk. Thank you very much.